Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. finish our story on Jesus feeding the 5,000. It is a miracle of multiplication. And church, I believe that there is a miracle of multiplication for us in 2019. Amen. You received that promise today. Turn with me to John's gospel chapter 6. This is our foundation passage. We will glean from all four gospels today. Let's begin reading in verse 1. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with the disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him, and turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we would not have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that when, with this huge crowd? Jesus said, tell everybody to sit down. So they all sat down in the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. And afterward, he did the same with the fish. They all ate as much as they wanted. Notice the generosity of God. They all ate as much as they wanted. And after everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with Scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Twelve baskets left over. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Open our hearts to receive and give us ears that would hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we spoke about how the chase is on. In the opening verses of this passage, you see a crowd is gathering. And they're gathering because they're they're looking for the supernatural. Now, John tells us that they were following him because of the miracles and healings he had done. Now, in John's gospel, there were only about three supernatural miracles done. So, up to this point, so we know there were many things taking place and not even John had recorded them. 
And we're looking for the supernatural in our services, amen? We're looking for to be a supernatural church in the 21st century. And we spoke about the people's persistent in their pursuit. How we must be persistent in our pursuit of the Lord. Jesus welcomed them. He welcomed them because he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion on them. And then I challenged us, what lens do we view others through? Today, we're going to finish our sermon on multiplication. Notice verse 5, the second part. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? And John says he was testing Philip, for he already knew what was going, what he was going to do. And Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we would not have enough money to feed them. Andrew, Simon's, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. What good is that for so many people? First, we're going to talk about what are you going to do? Have you, better, have you ever been in a situation where you didn't know what to do? Maybe you're in that situation right now. Write this under A. Write the word a test. A test. John tells us Jesus turned to Philip and asked the question, where can we buy bread to feed these people? Now, possibly the reason he singled Philip out is because he was from the area, but says not. If anyone knew where to get food, Philip would because he was from this area. Jesus was testing Philip to strengthen his faith. Possibly what you're going through right now is a test to strengthen your faith. The Lord's about to do something. He's preparing you for a miracle of multiplication. He was testing Philip and the disciples. Philip says, even if we work for months, we would not have enough money to feed them. Now, now notice, Philip was saying the situation was hopeless. From a picture of a people in need, we move to a picture of the disciples in confusion. They don't know what to do. But Philip's response is so typical of what we might say. Write this in your notes. The situation was beyond Philip's experience. It was beyond his experience and resources. So he quickly spoke to the hopelessness of the situation. When you're placed in a, in, a, in a circumstance that is beyond your previous experience and that's beyond your resources, we have the temptation to turn negative. Right this, so often when something is beyond our experience, we limit things through the negativity. Through the negativity instead of giving room for God to work. Could it be that God has you in this moment? Could it be that God has you in this situation because he wants you to make room for his activity? He wants you to make room that he can show up and show out in your life. I declare God's about to do something for you in 2019. Can somebody give God praise? Now, verse 6 tells us he was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. 
Let that phrase he already knew, allow this truth to sink into your spirit. Allow this truth to get deep into your soul. Jesus already knew. I submit to you that Jesus knows. Did you hear me? Jesus knows. Some of us came in here today worried, filled with anxiety. Some of us came here today filled with some fear. Jesus knows. One translation says the truth is that Jesus knew what he would do even before he asked Philip. The message translates it this way. He said this to stretch Philip's faith. Maybe what you're in is a time of stretching. Maybe what you're experiencing is a time of stretching your faith. Because when your faith is stretched, then you can believe God for something bigger, something greater, something much richer. But, but if left alone, then you might just believe God for little, and you'll miss what God has for you. See, what you're in right now is a time of stretching. And Jesus already knew what he was going to do. But he was more interested in Philip and the disciples. And he was stretching their faith because he knew what lay beyond their current circumstance. Woo! Imagine later on, post-resurrection, how often the disciples would refer to this in their mind, the miracle of multiplication, when they were faced with an impossible situation as they gave birth to the early church. Imagine how it laid in their hearts as a reference point of the power of God to do the impossible. Could it be that God is setting you up for a miracle? Could it be that God is stretching your faith that God is preparing you for a miracle today that will serve as a reference point in your life for years to come that you can look back and say, if my God did it yesterday, he can do it for me right now. If my God did it for me last week, he'll do it for me this week. Hear me today, church. God is stretching your faith because he's got something bigger, better, and richer for us to experience. Somebody give God praise. He was testing to build Phil's capacity for a miracle of multiplication. If he left you alone where you are, your capacity would not be there. For a miracle of multiplication. Oh, but he was testing Philip, stretching his faith because he was developing capacity. Everything you're walking through is there to develop capacity in you for that next season, that next level. Trust God. Believe in him. He was testing Philip. The Greek word for test means to put to the test in order to ascertain the nature of something, including imperfections, faults, or other qualities. Peter, later in his life, writes in his epistle, 1 Peter 4, 12, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery trial you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. 
Don't be surprised by that testing. Don't be surprised by that trial. Why? Because it's preparing you. It's building your capacity for greater things. See, the Lord is not only concerned about what he's doing today in your life, but he's preparing you for that next season. So he's stretching your faith. He's enlarging your capacity because I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered through the heart of man what the Lord's prepared for those that love him. Oh, believe God's got something bigger and better. For you. Under C, write this, write the name Andrew. Andrew's the, the disciple with the plan. Verse 8 says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five Bartolos and two fish. See, Andrew had a plan. This fellow citizen of Bethsaida found a boy carrying a, a lunch consisting of Bartolos and fish. But like Philip, Andrew had no idea what use this small gift, small lunch would be. Mark in his gospel records, chapter 6, verse 38 says, How much bread do you have? Jesus asked. And then he said, Go and find out. See, Andrew speaks to us as one being resourceful. He undoubtedly had scoped the situation and found this young boy with a lunch. Five barley loaves and two fish. What's interesting in biblical literature is this. Barley is the bread of the poor. And that Greek word for fish here in the New Testament is a word that emphasizes the smallness of the fish. A tidbit of food eaten with bread. It wasn't a large fish. It was, it was a small sardine-like fish. So here we have food that was, that was for the poor, and then we have a tidbit of fish. A boy from the lower social economic class, the poor, with a tidbit of food. And Andrew says, but what good is that with this huge crowd? What good is that? Highlighting the tidbits of food with a huge crowd. Highlighting the greatness of the need. Isn't that how we so often approach a situation? We see the greatness of the need and the smallness of our resources. We see the need and we see our inadequacy. We see the need but we don't know how it's going to happen. The significant details of John's gospel that he's giving us is setting the reader up to understand the principle that little when placed in the hands of Jesus becomes enough. And I need you to hear this. You are enough. You are enough. But pastor, I've made so many mistakes. You are enough. Well, pastor, I don't have the right pedigree. You are enough. Well, pastor, I'm the chiefest of sinners. You are enough. But pastor, they labeled me. They told me I would never rise above my circumstances. You are 
enough. Well, the enemy keeps reminding me of my failures. You are enough. Somebody needs to get this in your spirit today. You are enough. Quit looking at the inadequacy. Quit looking at the great need and seeing your failure. Begin to look at the power and the grace of Jesus Christ. He will anoint you. He will empower you because you are enough in Christ Jesus. Somebody give God praise. Somebody worship the king today because you are enough. You are enough. There's a passage in Numbers where Moses has a time where he protests to the Lord. And basically he is saying, the Lord, the need, the need is so great, we don't have enough resources. Numbers 11, verse 21. But Moses responded to the Lord, there are 600,000 foot soldiers here with me, and yet you say, I will give them meat for a whole month? Even if we butchered our flocks and herds, would that satisfy them? Even if we caught all the fish in the sea, would that be enough? He's protesting. He's seeing the greatness of the need and their lack of resources. Then the Lord said to Moses, has my arm lost its power? Now you will see whether or not my word comes true. What a powerful rhetorical question the Lord poses to Moses. Has my arm lost its power? I ask you today, has the Lord's arm lost its power? power. You come here today doubting. You come here today wondering. You come here today saying it's not possible. Has the Lord's arm lost its power? I remind you he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody giving praise. Which brings us to our second point. The miracle is in the breaking. Mm, come on, church. The miracle is in the breaking. Are you willing to be broken? Are you willing to allow him to use your brokenness? Are you willing to allow him to use your frailness? Are you, are you willing to allow him to take that little is, that's in your hand and then the master break it so he can bless the multitudes? There's a miracle of multiplication but it's found in the breaking. John tells us that Jesus took the loaves. Now, do not miss this detail. At some point, the little boy surrendered his lunch to Jesus. At some point, the five barley, uh, barley loaves and the two small fish were placed in the hands of Jesus. Matthew tells us in chapter 14, verse 18, that Jesus said, bring them here. This brings an important question to our minds. How do we place what we have into the hands of Jesus? 
How do you place what you have in the hands of Jesus? There's three words. Surrender. Speaks of willingness. Speaks of God, I'll give it to you. Another thing is this. You got to let go. That means you got to quit controlling. You got to quit trying to manipulate it. Quit trying to make it happen. You got to let go. And the third thing is you got to trust something is going to happen. You gotta, you gotta surrender to the Lord. You gotta let go of it, and you gotta trust that His plan is bigger than yours. That His plan is always good. See, the miracle is in the breaking. Will you allow Jesus to use you? Will you place what you have into His hands? Jesus is not worried about your situation. Why? Because he already has a plan. God has a plan, and guess what? It involves you. God has always used key people to do what he needs to be done. Will you and I be one of those key people? When God wanted to preserve a civilization, he made a covenant with a man named Noah. When God wanted to call out a people for his name, he chose a man named Abraham. When God needed a man to lead over two million people out of bondage in Egypt, he chose a man named Moses. In 1 Samuel 17, when the armies of Israel were stopped for 40 days and humiliated day after day with the challenge of Goliath, God sent a man named David to take care of the stalemate. See, when God needed to feed 5,000, John tells us he used a young boy, a young lad. He was the key to the miracle. Will you be the key to the next miracle? At some point, the boy surrendered his lunch. No doubt to Andrew and then to Jesus. And then Jesus took it. Verse 16 says he gave thanks. Looked up toward heaven. Blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and the fish to the disciples so they could distribute to the people. He looked up to heaven and bless them. That word bless is the same word we get our English word Eucharist, which means to give thanks. Do not despise the smallness of what you have. Give thanks for what you have. The Greek word means to invoke divine favor, often implying a positive disposition. Now notice the play on words, if you would. The disciples look at the five loaves of barley and the two fish almost with disdain, a negative light. But Jesus, not denying the lack, simply begins to thank the Father for what they do have. There's a principle here, church. If you'll quit looking at what you don't have and begin to thank him for what you do have, he might just show up and multiply some things in your life. To me, the Holy Spirit showing something here. It's a, it's a, a direction for the next miracle in your life. 
Jesus looked to heaven and gave thanks. Jesus knew there was only five barley loaves and two small fish. But he simply said, Father, I thank you. I give you praise. Go ahead and worship God where you're at. Go ahead and give him thanks for what you do have. Quit highlighting what you don't have. Quit allowing the enemy to show you your lack and begin to look at God's provision. Quit allowing the enemy to show you your lack and begin to magnify who your God is. And how you magnify him is you begin to give him thanks for every blessing. You begin to give him thanks for the little that you're able to offer him. Because he's about to do something. Church, little becomes much in the hands of the Father. This is the story of glad tidings. It's the story of your family. It'll be our story tomorrow. Write this word under C. Write the word distributed. (coughs) Now, John gives us the brief overview of Jesus distributing the bread and fish to the disciples. Matthew, Luke, and Mark tell us, then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who then distributed to the people. Many have wondered, theologians have debated for years, where did the miracle take place? Did the miracle take place in the hands of Jesus? Hear me, before he broke the bread or after he broke the bread, Matthew tells us, breaking the loaves into pieces, Jesus broke the loaves, and as Jesus broke the loaves, the miracle occurred. Do you know it was custom in Jewish household when they would gather for dinner that after they gave thanks that the father, the head of the house, that he would take the loaves and he would break it and then pass it along to his children and his wife. Hear me, there's so much symbolism here. The miracle took place in the breaking. Bruce Barton writes, the miracle occurred in the hands of Jesus. He broke the loaves and then gave them to his disciples for them to give to the people. He did the same with the fish. The disciples acted as waiters to the groups of hungry people seated on the grass, taking bread and fish and distributing it, then returning to Jesus to get more. They continued to serve the crowd until everyone had enough to eat. So get this picture in your mind. Jesus breaks the bread. As he breaks the bread, it begins to multiply. He gives it to the disciples, and they in turn take it to the crowd. They take it to the people. They take it to the hungry, and then when they run out, they come back to Jesus, and guess what? He breaks the bread again, and he gives it, and they go out. They go out. You've always got to go to Jesus. You've always got to come back to him. Preacher, it's not your talents. It's not your giftings. It's the anointing of Jesus Christ. Hear me today. We as a church must always go back to Jesus. 
The miracle was in the breaking. In order for Jesus to use your brokenness, in order for Jesus to use what you have, you got to surrender it to him. What we learn is Christ can take our little and make it much. What we learn, Warren Wiersbe said, whatever he blesses, he breaks. Are you willing to be broken? Musicians, will you come? He gave thanks. He distributed. He blessed. And then he broke. Whatever he blesses, he's got to break it. Because there's a hungry people. There's a broken people. There's a world that needs to know Jesus. There's a world that needs to experience the power and the anointing. There's a world that needs to know that he's the bread of life. There's a world that is, that is imprisoned with the chains of the enemy. But there must be a church who's willing to be broken so they can be used of God. Church, hear me. Our nation is in trouble. If you just read the headlines this past week, passing laws that they can abort babies up to the time that a mother gives birth. Hear me today. Our society is broken. Our society is in prison. Our society is, is locked in the powers of darkness. God is looking for a people that he can bless and then he can break and send out. That he can bless and he can anoint and he can break in the process. So it's no longer you, but it's him. It's no longer your talents and your giftings, but it's his anointing. Yeah. Because you can't save the world, but Jesus Come on. can. So good. Are we willing for him to bless us and then break us? Our nation needs Jesus. Our world needs Jesus. But what Jesus is looking for, he's looking for a people who'll give what they have and place it in the hands of the master so he in turn can bless it and then break it so they can be poured out to a world that is lost, to a world that is bound, because Jesus has come to open the blinded eyes. Jesus has come to set at liberty them that are imprisoned. Jesus has come to declare the year of jubilee. The need is great, but our God is greater. The need is enormous, but our God is more than enough. Church, let's be willing to be broken for him if you'll say yes if you'll say break me lord bless me come now come now let's get into the presence of jesus
right now just say, Lord, I surrender what I have. Lord, I surrender what I have. Father, I let it go. I let it go. And I trust you right now. So tell him again, Lord, I surrender Lord, I what surrender. is in my hands. I let it go. Let it go. <laughs> I trust you. Father, bless it. Anoint it. Miracle of multiplication is ours in the name of Jesus. Now begin to give him praise. Begin just to worship him right now. Begin to thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Church, I believe deep down in my spirit that there is a miracle of multiplication for his church. I believe that this is the year of God's generosity. I believe God's going to pour out upon you in abundance. God's going to do great things through glad tidings ministries. I believe it is ours. But we got to keep coming back to Jesus. We can't ever leave the source. Hear me, God. Jesus was testing Philip. He already knew what he was going to do. He was stretching Philip's faith. He was stretching his capacity to believe. Stretching his capacity to receive. You may be in a time of stretching. Don't resist it. Trust it. Trust the process. Because God is about to do something. It will serve as a point of reference in the weeks and months to come. You'll look back to this season in your life and you'll declare, if God did it for it, if God did it for me then, he'll do it again today. How many receive that? Let's give the Lord a clap offering right now. May the presence of God the Father, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Allow God to stretch your faith because He is increasing your capacity for that next season. There's a miracle of multiplication for you. May the wind be gently upon your back. May the sun shine upon your face. May God our Father turn His countenance toward you. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, be with you all. I now bless you. Now may God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for being here. Bless the name of the Lord. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you are a first-time guest, be sure to stop by the Next Steps table. We have a special